Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Yo, I know every show that we have started lately, I've been talking about the weather, but as soon as it became April, it literally has like rained every day. But the next upcoming week, the weather looks beautiful. So I'm excited for that. And the jump off starts to like today on Friday. I mean, if you're going to step into April, mm-hmm. you might as well step into April correctly. And it's got to be with showers. Like the literal <laughs> definition of April showers bring May flowers is how April kicked off. That's just it. Make it rain. Yo. Like straight up. For real, for real. April's, April's in a strip club. We've, we've had like, yeah, April's out here just, just throwing raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had a week of like straight showers. Yo, what, like the effort that I have to, I had to put in into getting my workouts in this past week has been so hard because yeah. it's been so dreary outside. So I applaud myself because it took a lot of fucking effort. But let's get into our topic for tonight because I'm actually... I'm actually pretty excited to talk about it because it's such a sticky topic and we are talking about dating preferences versus discrimination and the fine line. Yeah. And the fine line. So when does your preference border being discrimination? And honestly, when I immediately thought about this topic, I was like, oh, I, you know, there's a there's a distinct difference between preference and discrimination. Nah, fam. When you look into it, it is so the area of what is the difference is so gray that I think it's easy for someone to trip up and a kind of sort of not know that they're discriminating, but maybe. So I would love for you to give us some insight of what is the difference between a preference and thus discrimination. Well, you know, just like you, when I started to think about the topic that we were going to discuss, I thought to myself, well, that's easy. Yeah. And then when I started looking into it, I'm like, well, damn, like this is there's it's really, really, really like this. What separates them is like a real fine line. And I almost felt like it's like it can be subjective in a sense where, Mm. you know, it's like it's so open for for like debate mm-hmm. that it's ridiculous. So discrimination by definition is the unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, age or sex. Can we add body type to that? Yes. Yeah, so it's like it's based on those grounds mm-hmm. um, from what I got is that it really lies within physical attributes Mm. body type would be one yeah height weight yeah body type body type um and so yeah to treat someone unjustly or in a prejudicial way Mm -hmm. based on these categories would be discrimination by definition and by definition what is preference so preference is the greater liking for one alternative or the other like okay. it's just you know so like i prefer this over that yeah you know and it's it's like a liking I, and i i what i got from it is that preferences are usually developed through experiences of something when you try something mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I keep fall, I, I keep reverting back to because I'm a foodie mm-hmm. is when I when you try something and you don't like it, you know, you gave it and you gave it a shot. You don't like it. And because that thing is the same experience every time you try it, mm-hmm. it's OK to never experience it again based on your preference. Okay. You know that anytime you experience that, it's going to be the same result. And so you choose not to make it part of your life. Okay. And so that to me is really what defines what's a preference versus discrimination. So the way I see it is that when you discriminate against something or characteristics or characteristics or someone, you don't even give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Just based on something that that person possesses or they have or the way that they are, you refuse to even consider it to be an experience in your life. Mm. And so to me from what I understand and I could be wrong. I, I get, I, like I said, there's just there's such a fine line here yeah. that it's just so open for discussion that it's crazy. Um, but from what I'm understanding is that to not even consider it, to just based off of maybe what you were taught or some type of outside, you know, you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You were just raised that way or for many different reasons, but you just will never even consider it. You've never tried it. You won't even consider it. And it will never be part of your life. That immediately makes me think about small children when you offer them something for the first time and they'll say, I don't like that. Yeah. And my immediate answer to that is, how do you know you don't like it if you've never tried tried it? it. And so and where it gets really complicated is like the only comparison that you can really make or if if you start looking into it, excuse me, if you look into it and you really try to find out what's the basis of the definition of discrimination and how does it work in one's lifestyle you end up falling into the discrimination in a workplace okay and that's what that's the basis of like how i found what the definition was Mm -hmm. there's no really there's no real definition of how you would implement that into into dating Mm -hmm. so i feel like that it leaves such an open area for argument because the discrimination and preferences in the the workplace Mm -hmm are very different than this discriminations and preference in dating. Yeah. So can you give me some examples of what someone would consider a preference when they're dating? Yes. So uh, a preference in dating would be someone's po- political views, mm. uh, someone's social interest, what type of sports they're into, okay. what type of extracurricular activities they're into, whether it be mountain climbing or they like to go clubbing a lot or they like to drink a lot or they're a smoker. If they're a vulgar person, things like things that fall along, along those categories. So you're saying to me that those examples of preferences a person that is dating is looking for those type of qualities in another individual. Well, what I'm saying to you is that... Like they would prefer that someone smoked. They would prefer that someone clubbed. They would prefer that someone was into rock climbing. Right. Like these are these are preferences that a person has that from where the way I see it really can't be discriminated against because that person can easily change that about themselves mm-hmm. um and so therefore be in a category where they're no longer quote-unquote discriminated if they were being discriminated against so when you say they prefer 
it is their preference. And I'm going to use mountain climbing as one of the examples that you gave. Let's say they're in the dating pool and they come across someone that they are potentially interested in. Mm -hmm. That person does not mountain climb. If they, if they prefer that they mountain climbed, but they didn't, if they didn't even give that person a shot because of that one particular preference, they are then discriminating against them. So by definition, no. Okay, and so before you continue, my second part to that is, if they then give that person a chance and say, it's okay, they don't mountain climb, even though it is my preference or I prefer that they are into mountain climbing, I still want to get to know this person. I want to still get to know this person. That really falls in line with someone having a preference, but then not discriminating. Yes. But getting back to why I originally said no is because, yeah. again, discrimination falls under physical attributes. Mm -hmm. So to say if, you know, this person is a mountain climber, mm, can't fuck with them, mm -hmm. you know, it's really not discriminating against them because that's something about that person that they personally chose to be to have as a preference. That's okay. their preference. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that is just that they're it's it's a physical attribute about them that they didn't choose. Okay. That you're choosing not to, not to allow them to be part of your life, or you're choosing not to associate yourself with that mm -hmm. person, because of something that is just who they are. So, to understand what you're saying is, if I was to change that just slightly by saying, they had to be a white mountain climber. Yeah. Then. Support for Shit Talk Fridays is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I can't count the number of times I nicked myself using shitty-ass trimmers that literally left me anxious about grooming. Manscaped has skin-safe technology that has restored my faith when I groom below the waist. And did I mention the new 4.0 lawnmower has a 4K LED light, so you ain't missing shit. So head over to manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping with the code STFridays20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code STFridays20. Unlock the confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now back to the show. If they then come across the person that is looking to date, if they come across someone who is a Hispanic mountain climber, climber yeah they're immediately going to reject that person because they're not a white mountain climber. Yes, then that, that would fall into discrimination. That would fall under the discrimination, yes. Because the person being Latin versus white is something that is a physical attribute that is part of who they are yes. and cannot be changed. Yes. Whereas, let's say they weren't a mountain climber, they could learn to mountain climb. Yeah, for sure. Hmm, Okay. I know this gets a little sticky. It does because it's so different when you think about discrimination and preferences in the workplace. Yeah. I also think it gets a little sticky. And initially you said that it could be subjective. And my immediate thought when you said it could be subjective would be in regards to religion. Yeah. This is a, this is an area where, I mean, you know a lot about religion. Yeah. 
uh, you're very well versed in it, and I just I wouldn't say I'm very versed. I'm, you're right, but thank you. I appreciate I, that. I feel like you are because you are you're more versed in it than I am. That is it. So to me, you're so, very well versed. <laughs> I think in comparison to you, yeah, I am. Uh, to but, me, you're like wow, like you know so much. <laughs> uh, I would say that I know a good amount. Yeah, well, I Thanks. feel like I feel like you know a great amount compared to what I know. I feel like you've really educated yourself mm-hmm. on the vast options or varieties sorry yeah. of religion that there are i mean it could potentially be optional to someone who is not a particular religion and they're seeking another religion mm-hmm. it could be an option to them and the reason why i say that i think it is it could be sticky and then you said originally it it could be somewhat subjective because let's consider someone that is of a particular religion and just for all intensive storytelling i'm just going to choose that they are christian mm-hmm now they are brought up to believe that in their religion christianity i'm not saying this is exactly how it goes that they will only based on their teachings date and marry within their particular religion Mm -hmm. that meaning that anyone outside of that religion is an immediate no right would you say that that's discrimination if we're going by definition, yeah, I'm going to have to say yes. Okay. That is discrimination. Okay. But Yikes. I can't. I came up with uh, with my own term, and I I would what I would call that would be involuntary discrimination. Oh, okay. Because I because this is something that they were taught, and and I want to add that they were more than likely taught that that is. The right the thing, right thing, thing to, to do. do. Yes, yeah. that is the way life is supposed to be, and anything outside of that is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, because the wrong and right of that is subjective and can be totally argued, mm. if from a from someone's standpoint where they see that as being wrong, where they see where they see someone dating only within their religion as being wrong, mm-hmm. to that person that would be discriminating. This person, they only they're they're seeing someone. That only dates within their religion because of they because of the way that they would were being brought up. Mm-hmm. If I were that person that I was looking at someone where they only dated within their religion, I might feel like I'm being discriminated against because I'm just because I'm not a certain type of religion. You wouldn't even consider all of the great qualities that I may possess as a, as a person as someone that may be a match for you. So to me, I could argue that. I'm being discriminated against. But for the person that is religious, they see it as this is just my religion. I'm just following the rules. I'm just following the rules. And so by definition, it would be to me involuntary discrimination because they're they're seeing themselves as living. The religious person is seeing themselves as living righteous and just within their religion. But someone on the outside is going to see it totally different. My eyes open when you say that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, because as you were saying it, I could easily see how that dynamic can turn into a fucking, like a bomb. Yeah. Because you have two people that potentially could strongly believe in their stance and what they're saying. And -hmm. there's no wavering in that, Mm -hmm. especially like when it comes to religion. I was raised Catholic and 
being part of that religious community, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of things being taught as wrong because it doesn't fit in the dynamic of that particular religion. And that was my first indication that something was wrong. <laughs> Gina's like, I need options. <laughs> I was like, um, are you telling me that I can only marry another Catholic person? And then once I marry that Catholic person, there's no exiting. And if I do, it's blasphemy. I'm going to, I'm going to push the no button at that point because <laughs> I found that to be, the mindset behind that for me seemed so opposite of the world because we are all different. Yeah. So how is it I'm being taught to only stay within the exclusivity of what it is I'm being taught? Right. I was very confused by that You're at a very young age. basically being told that you can only experience a certain portion of the world. Yes. And to go even a little deeper, I'm, I'm being told that I only can experience a certain portion of the world that follow the same exact things that I follow. Right. That's the portion that I'm referring to. Yeah. That's the certain portion of the world that you can only experience in the sense of, you know, looking for a mate or a match. I, what I also think is even more interesting is that there are different um, denominations of religions especially Christianity. There are different types. There are, you know, Seventh-day Adventists. There are Baptists. There are, um, oh God, there are so many. Uh, yeah. There are, uh, there are. Uh, Too many for me to keep track of. There are, I'm sorry to say it like this, but what are the ones that come knocking on your door? Jehovah Witness. There are Jehovah <laughs> Witness. There are Lutherans. So many different. And within those subsets, you are potentially not supposed to mix either. I want to say that, like, just in my personal opinion, those are the most committed. Like to go door to door, like those are like legit salesmen of like religion. Like that's that's the that is the <laughs> like who the only person that does that is somebody that's trying to like sell you something. Oh man, you know, and that takes like that takes commitment. Like there's no commission for Jehovah Witness. Like they're not making. You know, they're not making it in monthly quotas. People said there's no commission. <laughs> there's no, so, and they're going. They're going, man. Like, they are that committed where they're just, listen, we just, we're going to go as far as going to you. We're going to come to your house. Yo, funny story. You want to know a, an immediate deterrent of Jehovah Witness? Invite wow. them in and talk their fucking ear off. Because my father did that once. And I yeah. remember walking into my house and in the living room, my dad was sitting on the living room floor talking to these two young Jehovah Witness, you know, in the white shirt with the white, with the black tie and when i walked in i must have um like interrupted the conversation and the look in these two men's eyes were save me, save me. because if anybody knows my father he does not shut the fuck up and it's to the point where you don't get a word in and the words that you do get in are yeah uh-huh oh my god that's amazing and that that's is it. it that's it and that's a it. You literally, you like, you are a witness. Like yeah. that's all you can do is when you talk to <laughs> your dad. Witness. You're just a witness. Like there's no, there's no conversation going back and forth. You're just sitting there witnessing this man talk. Like, yeah. like, like so. 
<laughs> literally that's what's happening and when i walked in the two men were like um you know what wow we've been here a long time gotta go, gotta go. jehovah witness never came to my house ever again so if you avoid them they're gonna keep coming back but if you head them face on and like bury them in conversation they may not come back just a piece of advice i figured i want to throw that out there so religion is definitely one that i feel like can be really um sticky the other one that I find to be where someone could actually feel like I'm not discriminating is culturally. So the example that I would give is some of the cultures that immigrate to this country that come from other countries. And when they come here, and I'm going to use Indian as an example. Yeah. And I have come across based on the area that we lived in, many Indians that come to this country and then they were only continue to date within their own culture because of what they were taught from right. the country that so they, the, they are, the, the, the country and the beliefs that they originally came from. If I feel like, and tell me what you think about this, if you sat down with someone in that situation where they've immigrated from another country and they're choosing to only then date within their original cultural experience from the country that they came from if you sat down and said to them hey the fact that you're not giving any other woman or man a chance you're discriminating do you think that they would argue that with you i think yeah of course they would they would find it probably offensive that you're questioning their way of life and even remotely trying to paint it as wrong yeah um you definitely may see there there's going to be some type of backlash i think but at the same time, do you think you can't would? blame them? You can't blame somebody like that, you know, because you just you don't know what you don't know. It's like, how do you know you're doing something that someone else perceives as wrong mm -hmm. if you don't really know that it's wrong to begin with? Or if you didn't even so that's again so like all right, I may not think something's offensive mm -hmm. to you, right? I may not think saying like okay, so I may not think that cursing is offensive or wrong mm -hmm. you may think that it is you don't like vulgarness you think it's insulting and it just creates such a negative energy when it comes to having a, a, a an intelligent conversation but because i know you're offensive it's a, because i know it offends you mm -hmm. i may know not to curse in front of you and so therefore i still may choose to be vulgar but yet still not act that way when I'm in front of you because I know that it's wrong. So you know that it's wrong to me, to you. Yes. So I I still believe that being vulgar is fine, but identify that it's wrong, that it's wrong to you and respect our conversation when we're in the same space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like that someone that is from another country who was you know they were raised to be one one way mm -hmm. you could tell them that hey that's what you're doing is it's discriminating mm -hmm. they could possibly acknowledge it respectfully and but still decide that that's the way they want to live their life mm -hmm. and still not get offended by it or you know like it just all depends on how that process that person processes the person who's being told that they're doing something wrong it all really de depends on how they would process that information when you say the word wrong 
my brain immediately goes to to them that is subjective right because it's, it's of, wrong in the person who's stating that it's yeah. wrong and so to them it still may be right you know like that's just the way they live their life and they choose not to agree with you but yet acknowledge how you feel i think the reason why someone that is considering staying within their own culture to date if they have immigrated from another country and they were raised to date within their culture i think the reason why they may not see it as discrimination is because they are still on an everyday interacting with people of other races and other ethnicities and they're not treating them unfavorably as people or as friends but when it comes to the person that they potentially want to date, be in a relationship with, or marry, their choice or and or preference is to remain within their culture. I think someone could argue that because I'm not discriminating because I still, it's almost like that saying, it's almost like when someone says, I like black people, I have black friends. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... It's hard to, it's, you know, those are one of those things where we could argue all day, whether it's discrimination or preference, you know, it's kind of like, I would argue that it's kind of like buying a home, you know, it's, you won't just buy any home. You're going to buy one that makes you feel like home. Mm. So if you're going to date and particularly in people that date within their culture, they typically stay within their culture because it feels like home. Yes. Do you know? So there is some science behind that, though. People will yeah. tend to date or seek out a partner of some sort that is similar to them mm -hmm. in the sense of their physical attributes. It may be something like the person that they're attracted to reminds them of women from their village or mm -hmm. men from, you know, where they originally came from. Yeah. They may have. Um, similar features that is actually proven and when i think about that i think about it in two aspects number one is when you said you buy a house that's the example that you used when you buy a house you buy the house that feels like home yeah and when we first walked into our home i fell in love with this house immediately and it didn't dawn on me until almost a year into living here that this house was my grandmother's house, mm -hmm. in essence. Yeah. One day I was coming down the stairs and it was snowing outside. And I remember as a young girl, the way that my grandmother's house was set up was there were stairs that led directly into the front door and I would slide down those stairs. And I remember one time doing it when it was snowing and that morning when I came down the stairs and it was snowing, it clicked for me because the layout was almost identical. And I was like, holy shit, I fucking bought my grandmother's house. Didn't even realize that I did that. But it was that click for me. There, It was home to me. Yeah. The second example I have is you. How many times do I joke with you that I, oh, <laughs> I say that I married my father? Yeah. It's it's become more than a joke. I feel like that that's just what it's become. But am I wrong in saying that? No, I mean, I can see several this, similarities yeah. between your father and I. 
And it's not even, you don't look like no, him. No, we don't, we know, but we just, we live similar lifestyles. Yeah. Or well, he's. The good parts. The good parts, yeah. Yeah. You know, as far as like the, the business that we've chose to be in, as far as, you know, we're both owner operators of our own businesses. And we're, <laughs> we both worked in the auto industry, so. Yeah. You know, a lot of the clothes that I, I've worn at one point have reminded you of some of the things that you would see your father walking out the door in the morning wearing to mm-hmm. work, some of the uniforms and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's actually kind of feels creepy. like home. Yeah, it's it, it definitely does feel like, it definitely feels like the good parts of home. Yeah. When talking about family, though, I think dating preferences that then potentially can turn into discrimination are bred in families. Yeah. And I have an experience with that within my own family. When you are Hispanic, there a lot of times can be things that are taught to young women and young men about the type of person that you should be bringing home when you are Hispanic. Yeah. And real talk, a lot of our elders don't want Hispanic girls and boys bringing home people of color. And and when I say people of color, I mean black or deeper complexioned Hispanics that can be perceived as 100% black. Right. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't say that the elders in my family said to me, hey, <laughs> don't bring home a black guy. But it was it was it was said but not said. Do you feel like that is something that you yourself have experienced? Yes and no. So and I know I know I <laughs> that's kind of confusing, but um I say yes in a way because so my father mm-hmm. was very vocal to me mm-hmm. about certain people that he didn't want in our house. Mm-hmm. I later came to find out that it's certain people that act a certain way mm-hmm. that he's had bad experiences with mm-hmm. that he doesn't want in our house Mm -hmm. because I eventually found out that my dad had many friends of many different nationalities and and skin colors that he considered dear friends and I realized that their character is what separated them from what I believe to be prejudiced Mm -hmm. and not and so when I say yes because my father could never to have he he was never able to distinguish what type of character my friends were it was easier for him to just put them all in the box and say based on based on um skin color based on skin color yes and just to not have them in our house yeah which i broke those rules many times <laughs> so yeah i can't say that I, maybe that's another connecting thing between you and i because yeah. we are fucking rule breakers all the way you know i mean listen i felt like i had a pretty good judge of character and i i realized that 
even though he felt a certain way only because he had no control over the friends that I made. I knew that as long as they were good people that I'll deal with him on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to tiptoe around, you know, not having good people around me just because how he felt. Um, but yeah, I've later, I later found out that he had many friends that were people of color and they were very, very nice people. So back to what you said earlier about involuntary discrimination. I think that that is an interesting term. I want to add to that a little bit. Even though voluntary discrimination is something where that obviously means that the person is aware that they're discriminating I think sometimes it can come from a place of fear and wanting to be seen as a good person. And what I mean by that is when you were taught in your family to not date outside of your race, culture, or religion, when you are going out there, because if you live in America, it's depending on where you live, it's kind of hard not to come across someone that is not of the same race, religion, or ethnicity as you. And let's say you come across a, an individual that is interested in you, but you know you cannot bring that person home mm -hmm. because you are going to face backlash from your family. They're not going to be accepting. We just saw this play out in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Where the one son was very afraid to bring home his now Chinese girlfriend and he was Jewish. Right. Because he knew that his family would not be acceptant of her because just because she was Chinese. Yeah, well, especially his mother. Yeah. And I feel like there are many young people that will discriminate other races and other religions and other cultures because they almost have no choice but to. And it sucks because, and I say no choice because sometimes if you're living in your parents' house, and they're they're putting a roof over your head. Their house, their rules. Yeah, you. I say you have no choice because let's say they're paying for your education or they're paying for your way of life. If you then bring home the person that they're telling you not to bring home, you are then going to face potentially not having those things afforded to you anymore, and that's like being caught in a rock and a hard yeah, well, place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not abiding by the rules that were set. Yeah. By the people who provide for me for you for you. You know, yeah. uh, so you're going to have your, for lack of a better term, you're going to get your privileges revoked. You yeah. know, living under those two conditions where you're being provided for and all these all these amenities are just, you know, at, at a finger's touch because of who you are as a person. You know, I consider that to be a privilege. And if you're going to break the rules under those living conditions, then you're you're, you're jeopardizing the lifestyle that you live. Can you see, though, how it could be very hard for well, someone yeah. in that situation where they are being taken care of by their parents, they're a young person, they're in college or whatever it is, and they then come across someone that does not fit the criteria that their parents want, and they have to immediately reject them well, this because is, of that? This is, why I, this is why I feel that discrimination is so wrong, and even when it's involuntary, because mm. I feel that... In the situation of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, love knows no leaps and bounds. There's no barriers. Once you fall in love, people will throw it all away. Mm. 
mm-hmm. for that love. And so I feel that 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 connection is will tear anything down. Any type of there's I mean, there's countless stories of people who have grown up under the confines of what their cultural beliefs are and then meet somebody outside of those that that you know that cultural upbringing mm-hmm. and everything that they learned in life means nothing because of how powerful of a connection that they have with somebody that they met yeah the human connection the human connection you know so if something like that can snap what's labeled as discrimination like a twig that just goes to show you how how wrong it is how wrong it is how whether subjective or not. Whether subjective or not. You know, how yeah, how how weak it is. You know, where you know, you can you're talking about decades of being raised in a certain way and curated to be like a certain type of person and all of that just snaps through the power of a connection with another person. So Yeah. This is why I say like it's just it, there's it could be it could be argued in so many different ways why it's yeah. wrong and why it's right. But if you don't know, going back to what I was saying is if you, you don't know what you don't know. And until you have experienced something outside of what you believe, then you're just going to stay within that, you know. I used to be like that. I, we were talking about this before, mm. you know, where I, I so. Well, I used to be I used to discriminate when I was a teenager and when I was dating. You know, I I had physical attributes and preferences that I, if a girl didn't possess these attributes or didn't come from, you know, some type of social circle or status, I want nothing to do with her. And I ended up looking, like what they would call looking for love in all the wrong places, mm-hmm. you know. I, I knew that I wanted to be serious in a relationship, but I was because of what I wanted and you know, in a in a in a in a partner, I was never really finding what I needed in a partner. Well, because you were and correct me if I'm wrong, you were you were chasing attributes versus the depth of the person. I was chasing attributes and the depth of the person, but I was also there was also something about myself that I didn't realize. There was a void that I had as a person that I was looking to fill that I didn't even know I needed filling. Which was? And that void was, it had something to do with my upbringing and me not being raised by my parents per se. Like they, you know, I was with my parents up until a certain age, five years old. Um, and then I went to go live in Dominican Republic with my my uncle and my aunt and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So no mother, no father from the age of five. And so, you know, obviously from up until four years old, there's no real memories, like vivid memories, you know, it's usually like from four and on. So I don't really have a lot of vivid memories of like the, the, the nurturing connection that a child would have with their mother. Mm-hmm. So I had a, there was a void that I had inside of not having an experience of having a nurturing mother in my, in my life. My mother was a great person and was very supportive in many ways, mm-hmm. but that bond that, a child has with their mother and their father growing up and all those nurturing moments, you know, unfortunately they weren't there for me. So growing up as, as a, as a, as a teenager, when I was dating, I didn't know that 
such a characteristic from a from a, a woman or a girl would strike me in the way that it did. So so many years of chasing these physical attributes that I thought I wanted that I was attracted to and feeling still left empty inside in the end I ended up dating um a girl who had a kid. She had a son. And it was her nurturing characteristic that she had as a mother that hit me. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was just so refreshing. Like it just, just to see her be that way with her son and, and with me, you know, she was very nurturing to me. And like, and so these are emotions and, and, and experiences that I hadn't, hadn't experienced or didn't have enough of as a kid. Yeah. So I sucked it up like a sponge. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I realized that I was discriminating. I like so if you had a kid no you know if you know you had baby father drama no you know like that was my you know like that was my thing you know and so I was actually discriminating against a woman like that yeah meanwhile a lot of the girls that you were dating and chasing they were very problematic those situations very problematic yeah don't never trust a big button smile (laughs) (laughs) at least for me that's that's that was was my takeaway so when evil saw me he said little titties little butt nah nah it wasn't even like that i'm just saying like (laughs) and she got a baby those are the ones that usually got me you know they got they brought a lot of problems you know No, i know a funny story too because when you and i started dating and i had seen your past girlfriends i was like um are you sure you want to date me because um I don't look like any of those girls. Yo, let me tell you something. After that, I realized that all that shit that I had written on the whiteboard as must-haves, must-have, mm. must-have, all that shit got erased. Yeah. I'm talking about, I went back to the drawing board of what was important and what's not important and what it is that I should be open to and receptive to. Like, it was, I had, I restructured everything. Like, I had to realign myself. And it was at that point that I realized that I was discriminating against a certain group of women just based on some of their attributes yeah. and what they possessed as a, you know, as a, as a person and, and not their physical, attributes, not the physical attributes. Yes. But it was just their overall dynamic as a woman and whether, you know, like she was a single mother, she was a single mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that up until that point, you know, I stayed away from and I, you know, I don't remember exactly what, what it was that, created like the actual start of the chemistry you know but i just know i just remember the moment that i saw her and her nur- the nurturing side of her it was like some it something hit mm-hmm. and i wanted more of it yeah you know and i was really i felt at home like i felt good yeah. to be around that type of person so you know that's my my story and my I, my aha moment where i realized something about myself that i wasn't doing and and it's because I was like that, I was robbing myself of opportunities that were out there to make me happy. And that was the first step in the right direction because eventually we ended up together. Yeah. And you were the second person that I dated in my life who had children. Yeah. And the feeling was just the same. It was it was it was like the start of that that took off. I mean, we seeing you and the way that you acted with your children, that was the first time in my life I'd ever looked at anybody and said I want that to be the mother of my children. Yeah. The first time ever, ever in any, and I'm sorry if any of you out there, if I dated you, I, I, this, that if you weren't the one that I thought this about, but you were the first person that I ever, and I mean, I felt it with like deep, deep within that. That's, that's the mother of my children right there. I don't think, and thank you for that. And I don't think that any woman that you have dated previously that you didn't consider them to 
you and I started dating, we were, we were, we were young. We were only 25. We were young, yeah. So I think anything before that is kind of like, you know, you're still p- testing the waters type shit. Uh, listen, I was testing the waters, but a lot of... A lot of these relationships that I was in, you know, like there were there was talks about marriage and stuff like that. I would okay. I would clam up. I would literally I would turn into Silent Bob. Like you would. Mm, that's interesting. I would just my eyes would rise up, and there was no there was no dialogue that went back and forth whenever those topics came up. It was just a head nod. Yeah, you know what's interesting? The tightening of the tightening of the bottom lip. What I find interesting about you saying that at once upon a time you were discriminating. I consider myself to be somewhat of the polar opposite of that. I I literally dated everything and anything. I dated all races, all ethnicities, body types. I just was kind of like all over the place. And I found so many different types of young men attractive. I don't even know where the fuck that came from, but you know, I found Asian attractive, black attractive, Latin attractive, white attractive. When I tell you, I've literally dated um, tall, short, um, you know, overweight. I've I've been there. I just what was interesting about that for me is that because I dated so many different people of so many different backgrounds, it kind of helped me narrow in what. I then actually preferred mm-hmm. that, but that didn't mean that once I started to figure out what I preferred and what I needed in my life, I then shut out other people that approached me. I think what it helped me understand was the things that I found in other people that were negative in them, that when I saw it in someone else, I was like, ooh, that's a red flag. I've experienced that with someone else. And because of that experience, I can see that potential behavior in you. I would still give people somewhat of a chance. But there's no, dis- that's, there's no I discriminating. Know. In I that. know, that's but, just you becoming wiser. Yeah, I know. So I think what I'm getting at is, can you see how that helped me refine my overall and selection yeah absolutely i mean i did i used to do the same thing where i would i would take all of the bad from the previous relationships yeah. leave it behind and package up all the good in a box and take it with me to the next one and try to like yeah. you know set that down open that up and build off of that into the next relationship i i think what i'm getting at evo is what i tend to find very interesting about a lot of people that i see on social media talking about i have preferences mm-hmm. And I will only date a guy or a girl with preferences. A lot of these people don't come from successful relationships. I feel like because they are chasing these attributes that they think are going to make a successful relationship. And it's lacking the true depth between the two people that will then create the longevity for a happy and harmonious and joyful relationship. Whereas I... And I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect. I did this without knowing because I was very, I was young. Because I dated people from so many different backgrounds and I didn't limit myself and say, oh, I won't date him because he's white or black or whatever. It exposed me to so many different things that it helped me understand what I didn't like and what was best suited for me. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas I think when people immediately say, oh, I won't do that no matter what, they are minimizing the chances of finding true happiness because they're not even tasting anything else that yeah. is outside of that that list of preferences. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to I think it's important to determine your level of happiness that you're going to achieve with someone is largely based on how deep you're going to allow them to touch you. So, for example, if you enter into a situation with a person and your preferences lie within their physical attributes, mm -hmm. then that's really not going to penetrate you too much. You're going to be satisfied because you're, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for these. This is what I want. I want yeah. this in a person, you know, dress and shape and hair, color and blah, blah, blah. Those are all very superficial things. So just for me, that doesn't really penetrate deep within. Now, if those things don't matter to a person and what really matters are what's inside, then a person has to open themselves up to allow those things to penetrate within them mm -hmm. so that they could feel them mm -hmm. and which therefore creates a deeper connection. And I think that in order to do that, you really can't be discriminatory. Like you can't discriminate against someone because yeah. that'll get in the way of really opening yourself up. When you say that, I, I just want to point out, I do think attraction is important though. When it yeah. comes to people that you are looking to date. So if certain physical attributes are what attracts you, uh, makes an attraction to someone that you are potentially looking to date. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if someone will argue, well, I'm only attracted to a certain type of man or woman that looks a certain way. Because to them, that is their truth. Right. So do you, would you say that if they're if they are only choosing to date people with certain attributes because that is what they are attracted to? Are they discriminating or are they are they somewhat programmed in a way where they they don't understand how to look outside of that? Because if you think about it, Evo, you know, you and I have been together for a long time and I'm not really exposed to dating apps. But, you know, I have friends that are younger that are on dating apps and I've seen some content from these things. And there are men and women that have in their bio, you know, no large women, you know, no, no darkies. They will put out there that there are certain particular attributes of a man or a woman that they are 100% not willing to engage with. Mm -hmm. but so by definition, that's discrimination. And I feel like someone can say, well, that's all I'm attracted to. That's fine. Yeah. That is okay. I, it's, is it though? No, no, it is. It is, it is okay 
that that is all that they're attracted to. Mm-hmm. But be aware that it's also discrimination. Yeah. Like, be like own who you are as a person. Like, I, I didn't make up this definition. Like, this is just by definition. Like, so if the shoe fits, wear it. You know, you can't walk around and say, no darkies for me mm-hmm. and say, well, I don't discriminate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you're going to be it, be it. Like, you know. Because then I feel like someone in that position may say, well, that's just my preference. Fine. You but, know? But, you, you get, you, yes. See, because th- this is that paradox. Yeah. I feel like we can, you know, and when I think about paradox, do you remember in, do you remember in Inception where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is explaining to the new girl that's being brought in what a paradox is and he gives her the example of the stairs where it's like a fucking illusion where you feel like you can go up but then in actuality you're going down but then you're, you're actually really going nowhere. But so I feel like that see, is where no, this conversation could go with not, someone that looks at it like not that. Not in that particular sense of what we were just discussing, mm-hmm. where someone would say, I'm not discriminating against darkies. Can, can we can we pick another example? Because I don't, I don't even like saying that. So I'm not discriminating against large people. Mm-hmm. That's just my preference. Mm-hmm. So preference is when you experience something that every time you experience, it's the same experience. Mm -hmm. Water, bacon, liver. I mean... What I'm saying is that... Water is not always the same. What I'm saying is it's the same experience. So to say that I prefer not to drink water, Mm -hmm. that is a preference. Because you've tried it, you're open to it, don't like the experience, and at any time you ever... You know, experience it again. You know, you're not gonna like it. So, so that's okay to just rule that out of your life. So then, but to say that every person who is large is the same experience—that's just—that's no. So then, what if? And I'm gonna just keep throwing these scenarios at you because I feel like th- this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put this out there, and people are gonna be like, "Well, what about this? And what about that?" So I'm just trying to think of these fucking scenarios. So what if? A man, let's say, or a woman dates large people. They've dated several. And every time they've dated them, they've had a bad experience. And then they turn around one day and say, never fucking again. So I'm never going to date a large person again. I'm done. So I would I would have to ask, and this is very important, because there was something about those large people that made you not want to date them. It wasn't the fact that they were large. Mm. It was something about them. So it's not that they're large. You'll talk about it, Evo. <laughs> so there's there. So, but now f- there could be something else, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm really trying to like make up a reason why, like one could say they would never date a large person ever again because mm-hmm. it's the same experience well, every single time. I'll give you an example that we've heard this argument several times where someone would say I'll never date someone with children because when I did there was a lot of drama with the absentee parent. Right. But so I would argue that if you met someone mm-hmm. and they had children, but at mm-hmm. first you didn't know because mm-hmm. they were very selective about who they let know about if they had children. Let's say several months went by and you really clicked with this person. You, I mean, there was something there that you've been looking for deep and down for a long time and it happened. And then all of a sudden you find out that this person has kids. 
And do you fucking exit stage left? Do you exit stage left, or do you th- do you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I've done this a couple times, but this one feels different, mm. and it's not the kids. Yeah, because you know, a lot of people will say, I won't date someone with X Y Z because. Yeah. I've experienced drama yes. with that particular yes. subset of person. But to say that you'll never give someone that falls in that category a, a chance ever again, then what you're saying is, is that even though this is a different person, I'm expecting the experience to be exactly the same. Yeah. What I would say to that person is that, and this is my personal opinion again, but I feel very strongly about this is that the risk is always worth the reward when it comes when it's in the pursuit of happiness yeah if if you've dated five six seven eight people with kids and it's been the same experience every time drama 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 but you've taken these chances in the pursuit of happiness then Another chance, taking another chance and achieving that will be so worth every single risk you've ever taken in your life. And that's what I've learned. I, yeah. I was, a, I called, I would, my friends would call me what, at one point in my life a serial dater mm-hmm. because I was, knew what I was looking for. I was in the pursuit of it and I was relentless about finding it. And I would date. And it wouldn't, it turned out to be an unsuccessful relationship. And within two or three months, I was, you know, dusting myself off and in another relationship. Yeah. And my friends would be like, bro, like another one. And I'm like, yeah, like forget that one. Evil fucking DJ Khaled out this bitch. Another one. (laughs) And like, I would literally just brush it off. Like it was something that they were so mind blown by because people, you know, when they put a lot into a relationship and it just doesn't work out, it takes a lot out of them and it takes a lot for them to gather themselves back up and even consider dating again. You know, it it really affects people like that. I was just so focused. As it should. Yeah, as it should. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I consider myself to be um, an anomaly in that sense where I just knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew the feeling I was looking for and I knew it existed out there and I knew it was a numbers game and I, I had to keep taking the chance. I would also like to add to that you were also, again, you and I met when we were 25, you were young. When I feel like you're young, it's somewhat easier to bounce back from some of these experiences because you have, you have somewhat of lack of experience on your side where you have you ever heard um ignorance is bliss yeah so it's kind of like when you're young you know life is really not that hard when you're young if you have somewhat of a of a of a decent life you know so when you're young you're probably getting you know you have your parents taking care of you you don't have bills to pay so bouncing in and out of relationships could be really one of the only pains that you're experiencing at that time well when you're in our age it's a little different you know because when you exit out of a relationship evo uh let's take you and i for example if we exit out of this relationship it's just not going to be like all right it was nice knowing you see you later no we have assets tied to each other we have children so it's a it's a different conversation so i just want to say that when you were younger it was potentially easier so i don't want people to listen to this and you know it sounds like evil's just making it seem like it, it it's easy and no no i'm not you know okay. I, i'm not saying that it was easy i'm saying that i knew what it is that i was looking for mm-hmm. and because i 
was so sure mm-hmm. about what it was that I wanted, I was more than willing to get over what it was that I just went through and to dive into it again for another chance to find it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're diving for a treasure and you take a dive, you run out of air, you're down there, you know you're close. So you come back up for air and you almost drowned, but you know what you're looking for is down there. So you <gasps> and go right back down, you know, and you're down there until you run out of breath again. Mm-hmm. And you just every time you're just getting closer and closer and closer. I spent like seven years of dating. You know, one relationship was four years. One relationship was two years. Another two relationships were, were a year a year apiece, you know, like well, that's eight. eight years. Yeah, like seven to eight, <laughs> seven to eight years. Um, Evil saying that I'm like doing the math, and so that's a lot for certain for some people. Yeah, and I would you know literally, you know my my relationships were no less than a year, Mm -hmm. and to spend a year with somebody, and then two months later you're out looking for the next person, like to some people that's a little crazy. Yeah, I I, yeah yeah, because I like I wasn't to be like in comparison to me. Yeah, it is. I wasn't. I wasn't like oh. On this this relationship thing, I'm giving it a break. I want to date, you know, like I'm not taking nothing serious, blah blah. No, I was like, who's next? Yeah, you know. So, so for me, I would always say that the risk is always worth the reward when it comes to taking those chances. You know, I actually think that that's a great way to end this conversation. All right, yeah. I mean, that you know, that's one of Evil's profound my, uh, quotes. My philosophies. Yes. Even though those, that's not my philosophy, but it's something that I've lived that I've lived by. Yeah, I just want to say that I appreciate your vulnerability in this conversation because you shared a story about at one time have being someone that discriminated. Some people won't will, will not admit to something like that. Yeah, you know. It's so a, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of self reflecting and being comfortable with the person who you see in the mirror and evolving from that person. Correct. I would 1000% agree. I want to thank everybody for joining us today, whether you are listening, whether you are watching. We are now available on basically all streaming um, platforms when it comes to being able to listen to us. Just pick one. Yeah, so you could hear us on Spotify, you could hear us on Apple, you could hear us on Google, and you can hear us on Amazon. Or if you prefer, you could watch us on YouTube. And for the most part, all of these platforms have somewhat of a free version, so you could listen to us for free with no membership, but you may get a couple ads. Um, But I think we're worth it. Yeah, absolutely. We Um, hope that you took away something. You know, if I could say that, you know, one, two, three people were inspired and motivated by some of the stories that we were sharing, then to me, that's worth everything. It's it's all worth it. It's all worth everything. But uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Peace out.